0: Welcome back to the Barton and Bud show. Thank you for joining us once again. Uh, it's been a fun start here the last few episodes. Uh, please five-star review us, rate us, uh, all that stuff on, on the Apple charts. That helps us a ton. Um, as if you're watching on, on YouTube, you can see the backgrounds are still a work in progress. I'm sitting here. Quarantine is has, has limiting my, my production value, but uh, we're getting there, man. One step at a time and bud this week we got some we got some transfer rankings to talk about anything else on your mind here going on or was we just gonna dive right
1: in well we, we, we gotta wrap up 2020 dude with with zach evans uh, I mean, we can just give a minute yeah. or two on this that the guy that yeah. the, the five star or former five star running back zach evans had had one of the most interesting recruitments really in the whole country man uh, zach evans who's actually been Maybe taking some yoga classes up up by you in in Nashville, or are you a, are you a yogi? Uh, I, I I dabble here well, and okay. there. Not
0: a regular yogi. I'm I'm working on it. I'm trying to get there. I think it'll help my back. But uh, I wish I'd started when when I was Zach's age because he's. I think he's on the right track. This guy knows. This guy knows what he's doing. You're right. He's been a little bit of a part time Nashville local of late, which makes sense because it's just kind of random, <laughs> like the guy is just kind of a random guy. Um, for those that aren't familiar, he's the five-star running back according to the 24 seven sports composite. He is a freak show athlete. He is an elite talent and his recruitment has been just bonkers. Um, and he's, no one's been talking about him because we all just, were sort of waiting for him to just land somewhere. He's a 2020 guy. The rest of that class is in the books. And, um, Zach Evans, I don't know if you want to like run through the chronology. Maybe I can. Like, uh, who who wants to take
1: this? Uh, if you want to kind of go, Chris Hummer had a pretty good. Yeah, he had a great story um, on it. I'll, I'll, I'll pull that up here so we don't miss. But Zach Evans, uh, he he titled it uh, "Zach Evans uh, All Time Crazy Recruitment is Over Finally." Uh, so basically between December 21, 2019 and January 7th of 2020, uh, Evans was sent home for the night uh, or sent home the night of the uh, 6A state championship game after he reportedly refused to go up his cell phone breaking team policy. It was his uh, second suspension of the season. Look, that's a pretty big deal to not play in the 6A state title game in in, in the state of Texas. His team still won uh, pretty easily I, I believe. Evans announced uh, he had signed during the early signing period but did not reveal the team. Uh, We all kind of learned that it was Georgia, uh, and then Georgia let him out of his uh, letter of intent, like basically just didn't turn it in, right, and said no. And Georgia was an off-ball
0: pick to begin with, too. Like he wasn't even really publicly considering Georgia, and then all of a sudden we're like, oh, he's he's signed with Georgia of all places. Um, So that I think in and of itself was kind of crazy.
1: So he he also. in between there, he kind of issued that weird apology on live TV where the uh, people doing the interview really and it's like it's awkward anyway to have a high school kid doing an apology on live TV when when almost nobody in the audience knows what he's apologizing for, or most people don't. Uh, but they really didn't ask any follow-up questions either. so it was kind of just you know very uh, very obtuse. And then he ends up going to tcu. and if if I had given you five guesses, on Thanksgiving about where Zach Evans was going to end up. Would TCU have been in your five?
0: No, it wouldn't have been. Now I will say if you'd given me five guesses in April where he had landed, I didn't even know TCU was in the mix, but I might've just guessed them like, because the, the thing about Zach Evans is he's every time you talk to someone in the know about his recruitment, there was always some t- random new team that was now the one he was favoring or was the one he wanted to visit. And so it was totally unpredictable the way this recruitment would go. But after signing day, Texas A&M would have made a lot of sense for, for Zach Evans for a lot of reasons. But at some point they filled up. I can't remember if it was before or after signing day, they had filled up, but ultimately they didn't have a spot for him. Some of the other programs, uh, you know, Georgia had sort of moved on after the, the issues they had had um, behind the scenes. LSU had basically moved on after he was, perceived to be a favorite to land at LSU late in the process. Texas, I don't, I don't know how much Texas pursued or if they had a scholarship available, but that never was really seeming to, to connect. Uh, and so there at, at some point it was just sort of like, well, where, where can he land? Who's even re- who even has a spot for him? Who's, who's held out uh, available to take him? And it always made sense that he lands somewhere back in the state of Texas, Uh, so, so I didn't, I didn't have a a beat on this. I didn't know TCU was, was sort of positioning to land him, but in retrospect, like it does make sense. He's going back to, to, to Texas. Uh, it's, it's, it's a program that has taken some chances on guys in the past and and it's panned out. And this is a kid that as, as flaky as he is, um, that's really ultimately what it is. It's a, it's sort of a flakiness to him There. I don't think anyone necessarily thinks he is a bad kid. He's not a very focused kid, and he is someone that the knock, if anything, has just been sort of this, how much does he love football? So if Gary Patterson and that crowd can get him focused, motivated, keep him on track, he is the most talented running back in this class, and one of the more talented running backs we'll see in any class. And so it's going to be fascinating to see what uh, what the outcome here
1: is if running back still mattered in the NFL as far as the draft like if this was 10 years ago he's a no doubt five star for us I I think even with the 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 behavioral stuff and sort of the not I don't say behavioral stuff because I don't imply his bad kid but just if he had his head screwed on a little straight a little more focus uh consistently I think he probably still could have been a five star for us but with those combinations of things right we, we we really want to project our our five stars to be first-round picks. And, I mean, Edward Alaire was, was barely a first-rounder this year. We've had some recent years with, with, with no backs. We, we've seen the trends. That combined with him maybe not always loving football that much leads him to be our, our 33rd-rated player in the top 24-7. So basically the first guy out for us. Like, despite all that, we still love this kid's game. I mean, he's his. I think his stop-start relative to his size, I mean, he's probably, what, 210? He's, he's a thick dude. He can run through arm tackles. He can catch the ball some. I when he plays, he plays hard, man. Like like he if TCU gets him on the field consistently, I don't think there's another back on that roster who starts over him unless he just can't pass protect at all or something like that. Cause natural ability-wise, I mean, he he's the guy in that 2020 class running back.
0: Yeah, I mean, the and the production is is there. You know, he averaged, I think, you know, over twelve yards a carry or something. Uh, pretty absurd. Um, played the high level, uh, big games, but look, he's been suspended a few times. He's been, um, you know, he's he's missed one semifinals. I think he missed like the first half for uh, taking his ACTs or you know just a lot of just weird stuff like that. That look, you know, we just kind of got to see how it plays out. But um, certainly a a big get for TCU and probably in a lot of ways, it's sort of like what do they have to lose? Like why not take him? Uh, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But if it does, this is the type of back, the type of talent that doesn't often commit to, to TCU. Um, and and they uh, they lose Darius Anderson and Shea Lanulua, two really good backs in this class. So the the opportunity is certainly there. Um, so I'm kind of excited. Like, frankly, like, I'm kind of excited that's where he landed because it could work out. I think there's a lot of places he could have landed where didn't really make a lot of sense um this one does in terms of the opportunity there coaching staff there and uh and and the talent so you know let's let's see uh let's see if he gets out on the field next fall
1: absolutely so uh the other thing big thing we had this week as you mentioned was our transfer rating so this is something we've been working on for for several months here 24-7 sports has the transfer portal where you can go in and see how everybody's rated. Uh, as of right now, we have 166 guys with ratings. I, I imagine, given all, all the requests that team sites hit me up with uh, yesterday, that we'll probably be to 200, I don't know, w- w- within a month or so. Uh, it's just kind of a neat thing. We, we wanted to be sure to keep our grades uh, on the same scale that we use to grade recruits, right? So, you know, and, and with that, we didn't give out a whole lot of four and five stars. You know we, we, we had, I think, out of the 16,6 guys, 15, four stars, no five stars. And I don't want to spend all day on process here, but, but the reason why, why we didn't is because like our research shows that quarterback's are a little bit different on this, right? Quarterbacks do seem to transfer and succeed. But you know how many transfer players have gone first round other than, other than quarterbacks the last three years? No, do you have that number? Zero. Oh, first. What did you say?
0: First three rounds, or first? No, no. Round? Uh, first round. First round. Got gotcha. you. Yeah, yeah.
1: So, like, like we had some guys go second and third round last year with with Van Jefferson and and Jonathan Grenard, uh, second and third, respectively. But last three years, nobody other than quarterbacks who have transferred have gone in the first round. And that's I, I think that's really because if you are a position player, you don't have to deal with sort of like the uh, the incumbent like o- overcoming the incumbent bias, right? Where like, oh, these kids are, are returning leader at quarterback. And I'm not, I'm not trying to dismiss that. I think there's probably something to having a guy who who have gone to battle with before. Uh, but at the other positions, I, I think they generally just play the best player. So if you're transferring out, especially if you're going power five to power five or, or especially if you're transferring down a level, it, you're usually transferring out because you got beat out or because you had some sort of academic issue or drug testing issue or a behavioral issue, it, the guys who are like no doubt first-round types, they typically start and usually start early in their careers. Not always, but, but they're, by the second or third of the year, they're usually starters. They're not guys transferring. So just my research shows, and I know that we've seen this, for the most part, these position rating guys or these position players other than quarterbacks, they're kind of more filling holes, and they're not usually turning into superstars. Quarterback, though, is, is different.
0: Yeah, and I think um a, a pretty telling representation of that is you know just if you look at our rankings um some of the guys that ended up ranked the highest like to your point but I think if you're transferring up if you're transferring from FCS up from uh Group of 5 to Power 5 then that is telling as to your ability, you know, you basically, you're saying I've, I've graduated from this level. Let me challenge myself somewhere else. Um, you know, like a Rocky comes to mind who transferred from where he was at Delaware, I guess, to temple and goes, was he a first, second rounder last year? Um, the, you know, and and even this year, there is a couple of our highest rated non-quarterbacks are, are transferring up. So you have Quincy Roche, who's transferring up from Temple to Miami, uh, a guy who was the AAC defensive player of the year, one of the top pass rushers in the country, according to PFF, uh, just a guy that's going to be, that's viewed as an NFL prospect playing in the AAC. Well, he'll be in the ACC next year. Uh, And then the other one of note is the Jabril Cox kid who comes from North Dakota State, who was a linebacker, one of the top players in all of FCS over the last two years. He's going to be at LSU and expected to be a first-year starter there. And look, if you're starting on the defense at LSU, history tells us you're going to get drafted. <laughs> and so um, thats I think th- those are two that represent sort of the, uh, the guys you should be more likely to be excited about rather than the guy that's transferring uh, from, from one power five to another power five. All right, bud, let's go kick it to the break right now. Uh, pay some bills here. We'll be right back with more recruiting talk, rankings talk, transfer talk.
1: I think there, there's some clear winners here, and I want to talk teams, and I want to talk players. Uh, for, for me, like, the, the two obvious winners are Miami, because you, you end up getting, as you mentioned, Quincy Roche. You end up getting D'Art King, and, and quarterback there is so important. For the Hurricanes, because they've just had, I, they've had poor QB play, but also like poor QB leadership over the last couple of years. I mean, like, you can't have your quarterbacks also being like some of your, your anti leaders on your team. And, and the Miami guys will tell you that's sort of what they've had at times in recent years. And, and I don't know that Derek King's like the most amazing leader in the world, but I don't think we got any kind of negative feedback about that at Houston, other than the fact that he sat out and basically did the whole, like, I'm, I'm going to take a redshirt year. Uh, in, in order to maybe preserve my eligibility. Uh, and, and then Miami also goes and gets uh, Isaiah Walker, or excuse me, Isaiah Walker, who is one of our highest rated offensive tackles in the class of 2020. He enrolled at Florida during the whole quarantine thing. He decided to, to transfer. He was only on campus at Florida for like two months. So Miami really, what do they have? Three of our top nine transfers this year. Miami has shown a real willingness to go out and try to fix their roster. Uh, with transfers hasn't always worked, but they've also had some guys who, who have worked out.
0: Yeah. I mean, they, they, I mean, last year they were considered the big winners too. I mean, they had, and look, Bubba Bolden didn't make a, a, a big impact last year. He was injured for most of the season, but that was a hailed as a big get. They also got Jalen Phillips who didn't play last year, but will play this year. Who's a former number one player in the country. They also got, obviously Tate Martell was, was a big name that hasn't hit. Um, and so, We'll consider that a miss, but but still, at the time, like that was that was sort of a hyped pickup. And then the probably the, the most impactful pickup they've gotten so far from the transfer market was also last year they got KJ Osborne from uh, uh, from Buffalo in the Mac, and uh, he got drafted, did he not? Uh, yeah, I believe so, he did. So that that's you know, I mean, t- talk about not only being aggressive but being successful in it. Like if 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 Jalen Phillips and Bubba Bolden have good seasons this year, if Quincy Roche and, uh, and Derek King have good seasons this year, and then if Isaiah Walker turns into a good player, that's five, like really big time transfers in two years. Um, I guess six, if you're going to throw in KJ Osborne too, from last year's team, but, um, I mean, that's a, that's, that's a heavy lift. I mean, that's that's getting after it in the transfer market. Uh, I'm not sure what Miami's selling to get all these guys to 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 come to Coral Coral Gables, but um, uh, man, I mean, that's that's impressive.
1: Playing time in warm weather, man. That's right. G- got to be it. <laughs> that ain't bad. Uh, staying in the Sunshine State, I also think Florida uh, did a really good job, and I I kind of got the full Barton Simmons experience yesterday. On the Florida board, uh, where, where, where the rankings come out, and then I, I got to be you on, on this since I kind of managed these, and uh, I was told that I was, I was pretty dumb, and it, <laughs> given that Dan Mullen has such experience developing these transfers. Sample set, kind of minimum, but we're, we're going to ignore that if we're a Gators fan. Uh, I thought that we were pretty kind in, in, in our ratings to Florida. Florida has three of the what top thirty-one or 30 guys here. They have Brenton Cox, who we, we put a 91 grade on, uh, I, I think similar grade to what we gave Jonathan Grenard last year, who ended up being a, a, a third-round pick, uh, and then also guys like, like Lorenzo Lingard and, uh, and Justin Shorter, two dudes who uh, they were basically rated super highly out of high school uh, due to some really nice athletic ability, and they weren't able to make any kind of impact or see the field, uh, in, in Lingard's case due to injury, in their first two years at Penn State and Miami respectively. But we still put 88s on them, which, which basically has them both as, as top 30 transfers for us. So that gives Florida three of, of the top 30. Um, but I, I think that also speaks to, yes, we, we have to downgrade these guys if they don't do anything in their, in their first two years at all. Otherwise, it, it doesn't. I don't think we're staying true to our rankings and true to what the data on transfers tells us. Now, Dan Mullen does have a great track record. Of developing transfers based on like a two year sample set at Florida, I'll, we got to give them that. But still, I think these are these are a really nice haul for Florida. Even if one of the two hits, plus Cox, they're going to be really happy.
0: Yeah, um, I'll I'll come to your to your defense here, bud. I mean, look, I, the I think first of all, they're high three star guys, so we still think they're good players. Like that's the, that's always the disclaimer you have to throw out there. Um, three star is not is not a bum. Three star is a good player, and so. Uh, I think the the difference between where they're ranked in high school versus where they're ranked now is probably the thing that's hard to to grasp because Justin Shorter, in particular, you know, he was a five-star guy for us. Um, He was our number one receiver. He was a big, athletic target who, when we saw in person, was outstanding. But Justin Shorter, a he dealt with some issues at, at Penn State, so let's let's. I'll excuse him there to a degree because he just wasn't able to get going as quickly as he would like. I think he got behind the eight ball at that point, like started pressing, maybe started, started, you know, feeling like he was underachieving and, and, and that I think got in his head a little bit. Um, But when he was on the field, we didn't like the confidence wasn't there. The ball skills weren't there. The ball tracking wasn't there. And so, Hey, in, in, in his defense or in the defense of the Florida fans that Didn't think he was ranked high enough. Maybe a change of scenery is exactly what he needs. Fresh start, um, you know, new clock starts, and and let's just let's just see what he can do. Um, I think more likely what he's shown to us at this point is just that he's a good player, a a really physically talented kid, and he's going to catch. He's got a chance to catch a lot of passes at Florida, but unless you're improving your ball tracking skills and your consistency at receiver, like that's not. It's just, you know, he, he is what he is. He is what we've seen in college. And so he's going to be a really interesting one to watch. Um, you know, I, I'd love for him to, to figure it all out and make our five-star ranking out of high school look right. Uh, but I think, you know, at this point, like that's what we were talking about earlier is we shouldn't get overly excited about big-name transfers who, have, who are leaving one school because they didn't live up to the big-name potential. Um, let's let them earn that at a new spot. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's ultimately kind of the guys to value in this setting. Um, you know, like the uh, in, in terms of non-quarterback guys that we did rank high that, that, you know, we think have a chance to to make an impact. I mean, Brent Cox certainly is one. Khalil Herbert was an interesting one. Only played one game, I want to say, last year for Kansas, but came really highly regarded. We got really good feedback on him. Uh, he's a running back that's transferred to Virginia Tech, and that that's the type of guy that, look, if it hits, um, that could be a really nice gift for Virginia Tech because we're gonna hit the mailbag a little bit later. But you know, Justin Fuentes doesn't Justin Fuente doesn't ex- bring in like the sexiest recruiting classes, but they're resourceful in the way they they find guys, and Khalil Her- Herbert seems to be a, a really good find.
1: Indeed, in fact, I think he was our our top rated running back, uh, just just barely. There was a lot of running backs we had in that sort of eighty eight to ninety range. Um, I, I think there's a couple quarterbacks to get to get excited about, yeah, as well here. I mean, J T. Daniels. This was sort of a, a, a tough eval for for Barton and I, right? So came as the number three quarterback in the class of twenty eighteen, right? Which was the Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields class because he reclassified into that class. He almost certainly would have been the number one QB if he had stayed in the class of 2019. Uh, but but instead, he, he moved up a year. He plays and has sort of a so-so true freshman year uh, at USC, a, a year that was pretty tumultuous for the Trojans. Uh, then last year, was it the first game that he hurt himself in? Yeah. They were pumped up about it, right, in, in, in that new, uh, not Cliff Kingsbury, but Graham Harrell offense there. At USC, he gets Wally pipped a little bit with, uh, with 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 Keaton Slovis taking over for him after he tears his ACL, and then he jumps into portal. But he's going to have he he has three to play three, right? If he gets eligible, I mean, the, the guy's going to have like he and he's a good good candidate to have three years of eligibility remaining, and, and that certainly factors in to our ratings process a little bit. Like, what was your initial high school rating? What have you shown so far? what's the feedback that we got on you from various places, like the destination school and the school uh, you're coming from? Obviously, Daniels has not picked a school yet, so the feedback was you know, more just USC side and what we heard from around the industry. Uh, but also, how much time do you have left to realize your potential? If you're, if you're a grad transfer, we're not looking at what your high school rating was all that much. You know, it's primarily like, what have you done so far? If you have three more years of eligibility left, we're going to lean a little bit more on on what your high school rating was, so there, there's certainly uh, a balancing act we have to do there. But I, I'm excited about, about JT, and then your guy just underneath him, KJ Costello.
0: Yeah, and 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 on on JT, like I, here, here's something I think is is like I'm very interested in, in how this plays out because I would say we've been like like you mentioned, yes, he flat like he had a a tough year as a freshman because the, the team around him was awful. The offensive line was terrible. The run game was non-existent. He got absolutely beat to death that first year. But he had moments where he just, like, he flashed this really special talent and, and where you just sort of go, wow. Um, and so he but he did lose his job to Keaton Slovis. Um, no shame in that. Keaton Slovis is really good. It's coming off an injury. So I think it's really important for – J.T. Daniels' next stop, whether it's staying at USC, whether it's going somewhere else, to pick a good fit for him. Because I I go back to Kyler Murray, and when you remember Kyler Murray transferring from Texas A&M, I I would say to that point in our exposure to Kyler Murray as a high school as a college football player, again, he's five ten. He is an outlier in terms of size. He is he was an unbelievable, legendary high school football player. With production that was incredible, but as a when he played at Texas A and M, he was like a he was just sort of this playground quarterback. He like he was almost a gimmicky kind of guy. They'd throw him in there. They'd run some stuff with him. He was the scrambler. Uh, n- never played within the structure of the offense really. Uh, and, and look, I'm, that's not a a knock on him. He was young, but it was just like what we were exposed to. And so at that point, like there's really no way for us to predict Kyler Murray was going to be a future Heisman Trophy winner, number one draft pick when he goes to Oklahoma. But he does go to Oklahoma. He waits his turn. It's a great fit for him offensively, and that talent shines through, and here we are. And he's, you know, playing in the NFL. JT Daniels could go that way. Maybe he goes the Tate Martell way, where it's like hype kid cut of high school, maybe was always overhyped. Uh, let's see what happens at his next stop. I'm I'm l- genuinely very curious into sort of which direction it goes, um, and and so uh, that that's going to be a fun one to to follow and track. Um, in terms of of Costello, remember like 2019, he was banged up, and and that Stanford offensive line was a turnstile, and like they, it's Davis Mills and him both got banged up a bunch that season. Uh, 2018 though. He had a top twenty-five, like passer rating. Top, I think he was top twenty-five in the country in terms of um, uh, production at the quarterback position. Total offense, something like that. You know, they—he was the best quarterback probably in the Pac-12. That was, I guess, that was Gardner Minshew's year. So maybe I wouldn't go that far. But he was—he some numbers would have borne out that he was the best quarterback in the Pac-12. So he goes to a great fit with Mike Leach, and yet he's got to go there with. A new receiving core that is still is just learning the the air raid system, that's not really that great of a receiving core. And he's not having spring practice to to get with them. He's not even having summer seven and sevens to get with them. So it's a tricky spot. But I think why KJ Costello to me is a very like important transfer is because Washington State doesn't have any I'm sorry, Mississippi State doesn't have anyone else on that roster that's really capable of running the air raid, unless you're gonna go with like a true freshman. Um you know the the Garrett Schrader kid is like a fun quarterback, but he's a scrambler. He's a athlete. He is a wind up and throw guy. He's not a natural thrower. Um, Keaton Thompson, another one of my, maybe my favorite transfer of the entire cycle, uh, is is sort of the same way. Just not a fit for an air raid. So it was critical to even have a chance to get a guy like KJ Costello. So I thought that was a huge gift for Mississippi State. And yet, I don't know what to predict in terms of how successful it will be. But uh, Keaton Thompson, I think you and I both agree, is like going to be a dude at Virginia.
1: Oh, there's no doubt. I, I think that the fit of, of Keaton there is it's just perfect. I mean, like, could you go out and find another player who was similar to the guy who you just lost? I mean, they're, they're pretty similar. Now, I don't know if Thompson had, quite has the same – like break tackle ability, you know, like, like just the the power and and I don't the, know. He's a big dude now. He is. The guy UVA was so hard to sack, man. Like like yeah. e- even against the better defenses they played, uh, like e- even when they played Clemson or you know, w- w- when they played Florida, like UVA's offensive line was was not that great, and the defensive line would would get through pretty quickly, and then he would just pull some Houdini stuff, and then sometimes it was just like get off me, you know, mm-hmm. and, and like. And then all of a sudden he'd scramble and find some guy open and sometimes he'd even throw it to him accurately, which was, which was a plus. And, uh, like this is a great fit. I, I, I think for, for Keaton. So a uh, good fit into Mississippi state with Costello, good fit out. Um, you know, we are, we're, we're coming up here on about half an hour. Uh, there's, there's a couple more things I want to get to. And then just want to tease this for y'all on Friday, we're going to be back with a special listener mailbag episode. So, uh, I want to talk real quickly. We already mentioned Khalil Herbert. Is there anybody else that you want to discuss as far as offensive guys, non quarterback condition?
0: Uh, I, I wrote about Kenny Yeboah, who is uh, another Temple transfer. Man, Temple, like, tip of the, like, you have to take your hat off to Matt Rule and, and you have to be willing to learn from Matt Rule's approach because. And all I'm, I'm right now currently I'm 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 studying which programs have been developing and, and producing the best by position in the NFL like as it relates to the NFL draft over the last five years so like recent history and Temple keeps on popping up and all these guys most of these guys a lot of them were recruited under Matt Rule Kenny Eboa is is the latest guy that Matt Rule dug up um, who was like a receiver that they recruited to play tight end. And he has, he's not been overly productive at, at Temple, so you're not going to be in awe of his stats. But he's gotten really good reviews early on from Ole Miss folks uh, and coming, from a, coming into an offense that really hasn't utilized the tight end in a few years, he's got a chance. I mean, the, keep in mind, Lane Kiffin just got done producing Harrison Bryant, who's an NFL tight end at FAU. They're going to probably utilize and lean on a tight end more I think Kenny Yaboa is a guy that, that you could see have a little bit of a breakout season um, at, at Ole Miss. So so he's one that I'm excited about. Um, and then offensively, too, I, I would probably – a guy that I've always sort of been impressed with back to high school is Coy Cronk at Indiana who transferred to Iowa, who I think is going to be have a chance to start there. And then if, if Cade Mays is, is eligible, uh, Cade Mays is probably one of the best – offensive returning offensive lineman in the sec going from georgia to tennessee sec east transfer um i you know that that could really solidify tennessee's offensive line as they've started to build it from hey let's let's like try to get this program moving in the right direction like let's see if we can recruit some some line of scrimmage athletes now all of a sudden in year three under jeremy pruitt if k mays is playing along with trey smith um darnell wright Wanye Morris and uh, and Brandon Kennedy, I think is that is that who their their starting center is. Um, anyways, that that that's so, that, yeah. that that turns into a really, uh, like a like a one of the better units in the SEC potentially if those freshmen have continued to evolve.
1: So I'm going to hit you with this. Uh, we we, we kind of save this for last. We, we we know we have a lot of diehards listen to the show. But we also know we like have a little more casual guys who want to hear more more player breakdown. Transfers are not slowing down, right? We're, we're we're having more and more transfers every year. It seems thanks to the transfer portal. Beginning in 2021, we think we will have transfer like immediate eligibility transfer because that that vote's probably going to pass in in May. And, and even though it won't go into into effect for the 2020 season, for the 21 season, it it likely will. Uh, what what do we do with transfers as a recruiting industry? Because obviously we rated them. But we're not like incorporating transfers right now in our recruiting ranking. So, like, you know, the M- Miami's recruiting class for 2020 does not shoot up thanks to them getting, you know, a, Isaiah Walker and De'Arc King and those dudes. Do, do you think there there will come a time when we do decide to to incorporate in that that in there, or do you want to have like a separate recruiting like transfer? team ratings thing do we ever think we're going to hit a breaking point there as a like recruiting industry to where we we need to sort of put team grades on these things
0: no I think we're getting there yeah I think it's it's, maybe we do two separate rankings a team ranking from your of your recruiting class and a team ranking including your transfer class but look the reality is transfers are becoming a central piece of recruiting strategy in every department in America. Now maybe not in Clemson, who doesn't who doesn't go out and get transfers, but 129 other teams pretty much. Uh, it's, it's huge. And they there is a you know starting to be within recruiting departments guys that are really devoted, their job is devoted to monitoring the transfer market, to recruiting the transfer market. And so um, because of the more liberal Um, opportunities for guys to, to, to be immediately eligible, the impending legislation that seems like it's trending towards guys being immediately eligible. Like it's just going to be a much more central piece of the equation. So yeah, like it would be silly of us not to treat it as like that. And um, I I think it's uh, it's, it's heading in that direction for sure.
1: I I think it makes a lot of sense, you know, and, the fans certainly want it, but we have to do it in the right way. And you also have a timing issue, right? Like, like these guys who are, quote-unquote, transferring to new schools right now, they can still flip, really, at any time until they enroll. They don't actually sign anything this that's happened to Gardner Minshew.
0: Gardner Minshew committed to, um, yeah. he committed to Alabama. He was going to be the backup at Alabama and just be a coach for the rest of his career. <laughs> like he, had signed, he was basically signing up and saying, look, I know I'm not going to start. I'm going to start my coaching career now. And then he flipped to Washington State.
1: 100 percent. i think if we do integrate it what we would have to do is okay uh on national signing day here are your high school recruiting rankings and then you know on august 1 all right guys this is kind of anticlimactic but now we have a good feel for where everybody is enrolled at maybe we have our combined high school and transfer ratings i'm not promising that this year that's probably something that we that if we were to do it, maybe we do it for 21, but I think it's an interesting conversation to have uh, because you, you, we do get a lot of fans tweeting us and saying, Hey, like how come you don't include all of these transfers in our team rating score for recruiting? Like we save those scholarships and, and they have a, a point to a point, but it's, it's certainly not, not the full picture. Uh, if you, if you include them either, because you have to make sure that your, your transfer ratings are good as well. All right. Hey, guys, really appreciate you listening to the Barton and Bud show. What we're going to do now is uh, cut this one short and we're going to go ahead and ask y'all to give us five star ratings and reviews. Uh, and then on Friday, we're going to come back and hit you with our listener appreciation mailbag episode because y'all got us over those 247 uh, five star ratings and reviews.